I promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, who stooped to me and heard my cry. The Lord lifted me out of the desolate pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. The Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are they who trust in the Lord. They do not turn to enemies or to those who follow lies. Great are the wonders you have done, O Lord my God. In your plans for us none can be compared with you. Oh, that I could make them known and tell them, but they are more than I can count. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. You have opened my ears. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And so I said, here I am. I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I love to do your will, O my God. Your law is deep within me. I proclaimed righteousness in the great assembly. I have not restrained my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your deliverance. I have not concealed your steadfast love and truth from the great assembly. You are the Lord. Do not withhold your compassion from me. May your steadfast love and your truth continually keep me safe. For troubles without number have crowded upon me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and altogether dismayed who seek after my life to destroy it. Let them draw back and be disgraced who delight in my misfortune. Let those who say, Aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. Let all who seek you rejoice in you and be glad. Let those who love your salvation continually say, Great is the Lord. Though I am poor and afflicted, the Lord has plans for me. You are my help and my savior. Do not delay, O my God. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel, chapter 25, beginning at the first verse. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, face the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Ammonites, hear the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says. Because you said, Aha, about my sanctuary when it was desecrated, about the land of Israel when it was laid waste, and about the house of Judah when they went into exile. Therefore, I am about to give you to the people of the east as a possession. They will set up their encampments and pitch their tents among you. They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will make Rabbah a pasture for camels and Ammon a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Lord God says, Because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced over the land of Israel with wholehearted contempt, therefore I am about to stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. 
I will cut you off from the peoples and eliminate you from the countries. I will destroy you, and you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, because Moab and Seir said, Look, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. Therefore, I am about to expose Moab's flank, beginning with its frontier cities, the splendor of the land, Beth Jeshemoth, Baal Meon, and Kiriathaim. I will give it along with Ammon to the people of the east as a possession so that Ammon will not be remembered among the nations. So I will execute judgments against Moab and they will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, because Edom acted vengefully against the house of Judah and incurred grievous guilt by taking revenge on them. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says, I will stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off both man and animal from it. I will make it a wasteland. They will fall by the sword from Taman to Dedan. I will take my vengeance on Edom through my people Israel, and they will deal with Edom according to my anger and wrath, so they will know my vengeance. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says, because the Philistines acted in vengeance and took revenge with deep contempt, destroying because of their perpetual hatred. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says, I am about to stretch out my hand against the Philistines, cutting off the Cherethites, and wiping out what remains of the coastal peoples. I will execute severe vengeance against them with furious rebukes. They will know that I am the Lord when I take my vengeance on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this begins a whole section uh, in Ezekiel dealing with Uh, prophecies against various nations. And and here in this chapter, we have the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites, and the Philistines. Uh, Then we're going to get into a whole uh, section dealing with Tyre, um, which was a a northern kingdom, uh, uh, north of of the northern kingdom of Israel. And then there's going to be a whole section dealing with with Egypt and dealing with Assyria. And then finally, we we get back to uh, questions around um, Ezekiel's uh, position before the Lord as a prophet. But here in this chapter, it's you might be scratching your head wondering, well, what the heck does uh, his uh, crying out against uh, Ammon and Moab and Edom and uh, Philistia have to do with me, a, a Christian in the 21st century. Well, there's a lot of things, and we've talked about these things a, a couple of times, and so I'm not going to spend too much uh, time on it. But the first thing I want to say is that what this shows is God's everlasting love for his people. Because if you notice, uh, he He doesn't stand silent as his people are um, harmed by other nations around them. You have Ammon uh, basically cheering on the destruction of Jerusalem. You have have Moab deciding that, well, the Jews must not be any more special than anyone else in the world. They are not the people of the promise anymore. You have the Edomites actually killing their own cousins, brothers and sisters, uh, and then the Philistines just holding on to old vendettas. Uh, but here you have God saying, no, I love my people. And even though I'm punishing them right now, I'm cleansing them for the, the problems that they have caused uh, for us, uh, for me, uh, down through these centuries. I still love my people and I'm going to protect them. I'm going to have vengeance on them. 
because of things that other other countries around them are going to do. That that's something to hold on to here. That that God is the God of the promise, and so here in these declarations against these against these other countries that are taking advantage of the downfall of the Jews, we need to see that as. God holding on to his everlasting love for his people. Dealing with the Ammonites, we've talked about this a, a little bit, um, but it, it's here that uh, they're, they're rejoicing in the plight of others. And, and we talked about that earlier uh, when, when we uh, talked about the nations rejoicing about the fall of of Jerusalem. And we looked at Proverbs 24, where it says that you are not supposed to rejoice at the plight of others. You're not supposed to rejoice at the fall of others, that you actually should weep over it. Uh, you also have, have um, Psalm 35, where David talks about how he, uh, in, in seeing his enemies uh, getting sick and falling into illness, he's going around wearing sackcloth and praying for them. And so this lesson that we can take out from the Ammonites here who are rejoicing over the destruction of God's people and, and the holy city, instead, we should, be, we should be taking it as a lesson for us, right? of not rejoicing over when things happen to other people, uh, that, that we should not become part of the mob on social media, rejoicing at the destruction of our favorite uh, enemy, whoever that might be, whether it be a particular politician or a celebrity or whatnot. It's that old adage of, but for the grace of God, go I. Uh, kind of kind of thinking that we need to have on a lot of these uh, a lot of these situations that we that we need to uh, look at the world and realize that we are no better than other people around us and that actually we have to walk with uh, tenderness and mercy and staying awake, being sober-minded, realizing that that uh, it, it's a very uh, uh, tentative situation as far as what's possibly going to be going on for us, that, that we could become like them. And then uh, what sort of lesson do we teach to other people around us of uh, rejoicing over the destruction of other people? And then dealing with Moab... As, as I said, uh, you have uh, them basically saying that, well, these, these Jews, these so-called chosen people, well, they must not be chosen anymore. They say, look, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. It, it's, with it comes the sense of what Jesus warns us about in Matthew 5 when he's talking about murder, right? And he says that, you've heard it said that do not commit murder, will I say, if you have hatred in your heart, uh, that you've already committed murder in your heart because hatred leads to murder. But then he also adds, if you call someone a fool, and the, and the word that is used there is this word that is used often in the Old Testament that can mean godlessness, to, to say that you are without God, that God uh, has, does not love you, God has abandoned you, that, that sort of position, right? It's the same sort of thing. It's this warning against us to uh, not deny the promises of God from our neighbors. 
not to put us in a position in which we are going to uh, say, well, you are godless. God doesn't love you. God has abandoned you. We should never find ourselves in that position. Instead, we are supposed to be bearers of the promise, church. We are supposed to be the ones who speak of the promise of Jesus Christ, the promise that comes with the forgiveness of sins and the love of God poured out upon you. We, we have to cling to that instead. We, we need to be going around the world, going to our neighbors and telling them of this God who has made a promise, promise that because Jesus Christ did what he did, therefore redemption has come to you. Then we have the Edomites. The, the story, uh, especially um, as, as if you read in the prophet Obadiah, which is one chapter, it's very, very short. You can read it in two minutes. You can get a sense from there that the Edomites actually stationed soldiers around the borders of Israel because uh, we, have to, we have to remember that Ammon and Moab and Edom are all uh, descendants of of uh, the line of of Abraham to an extent, Ammon and and Moab are descendants of Lot, who who were, who was uh, uh, the nephew of of Abraham, right? And so there is a connection in that blood there. Edom is are the descendants of Esau, and so the the line of Isaac. Um, and so these are these are cousins, these are family members. There is blood relation there, but there the Edomites and the Israelites were always at war, fighting with each other, uh, which is always a warning for us, right? That that uh, even families that are the most close knit can still fight with one another because you just you just need to take two sinners, put them in a room, and there's going to be problems. But the the idea that we get from Obadiah here is that when Babylon was destroying Jerusalem and and banishing the the Jews, um, the Judaites. Uh, they actually stationed soldiers along their border and would actually capture and or kill people who were fleeing from Babylon. That they were partnering with the Babylonians in helping destroy Judah, joining with the enemies, jumping upon the chance for vengeance, uh, being basically a mob mentality. When you see those videos on social media of people going after somebody, they get knocked to the ground and then they're stomp, stomping on them, stomping them to death. We just like uh, Ammon is 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 rejoicing over the fall of Jerusalem. Just like Moab is rejoicing over the fact that there's nothing special about the Jews anymore. The Edomites are like, yes, now is our chance. We can do this. And it, again, it calls for us to find ourselves to live in mercy, even with our enemies, because it's even for our enemies for whom. Christ died for them. Christ died for the ones who crucified him. He, he, he calls for us to love our enemies in the Sermon on the Mount because God loves us <laughs> as his enemies. And so there is an essential nature to us pouring ourselves out, even for those who wish us harm. So not being like the Edomites, joining in the destruction of others. And then finally, with the Philistines, you only have to read the Old Testament to see that the Philistines were this coastal peoples that came from Crete. 
um, that that uh, basically uh, took over the the coast of of Canaan. Um, from what I understand, it was during the time of uh, the people living in Egypt that they came, and uh, they the Israelites and the Philistines were at war for their entire existence together. It, they were the ones whom. Saul and David and Samson and you pick, they were always fighting with each other. And here, the, the, the thing that we're, we're wanting to uh, see here in this lesson from, from what we're told of what's going to happen to the Philistines is that the Philistines are holding on to old vendettas. They're holding on to old blood feuds, old wars, past sins, holding on to grudges. How many of us have those, church? How many of you are not speaking to somebody right now because of something that they did to you 10, 15, 20 years ago? How many of you are holding on to grudges against your parents because of how they raised you, how they treated you? How, how many of us are, are holding on to these, these vendettas against an ex, a former spouse? or even to our own children because of things that they did or did not do. And instead, I need to echo the words of the comedian John Christ. Forgive your dad. (laughs) Forgive your parents. Realize that parenting, uh, being married, uh, being raised by you, all of those things, they're difficult situations. As I say, sinners in relationship always bring harm in some way. It's always a difficult thing. And so we have to be able to come at it from a standpoint of forgiveness, of mercy, of realizing that our parents, our exes, our children, our weak uh, dust, that, that, that's all we are. We are but a vapor. We are not in control. And that even though we have been sinned upon, in, it, it doesn't mean that we love them again in some sort of lovey-dovey, yay, and uh, you know, not realize that there needs to be some work to, to re- of redemption there. But this forgiveness of old vendettas. Otherwise, we find ourselves going with vengeance and harm and pain to one another, and that's not the way of Christ. So instead, church, what, I do, what I'm asking for, begging for in this, is that we hold on to the promises of Jesus that come with forgiveness. That's the whole point of what Jesus comes to tell us. He, he, he gives us the commandment to go and make disciples and baptizing, but then also in Luke, he says that forgiveness of sins is to be preached in his name. Look it up, last chapter of Luke. That the point of our entire existence is to go around preaching forgiveness and having forgiveness be the f- the focus of our lives. And so here what we take from Ezekiel 25 is a life of humility, a life of repentance, a life of mercy, a life of grace, a life of forgiveness because Christ has done it for us. Let us pray. O God, our defender, storms rage around and within us and cause us to be afraid. 
Rescue your people from despair. Deliver your sons and daughters from fear. And preserve us in the faith of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church, I thank you for sharing these with others. I thank you for even taking the time to listen. Make sure you continue to share. Continue to get this out there. Um, as we, we, we've more than halfway through now of Ezekiel, we're making our way through. And some of this is going to go a lot faster than, than other parts of it. But um, I, I'm, I'm praying that this has been something that has been good for you and your growth and faith and your study in the scriptures. Uh, share it with others, pass it on. And until next time, we, we will see you. If you have any questions, you can always uh, send, leave them in the comments or, or reviews for this podcast. But go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll see you next time.